just a little clarification on that gospel. It's a little confusing. You've got to put it in context. The Lord is renouncing these different villages in the Galilee that, has, that have not received him very uh, generously. And then when he says at the end, whoever listens to you listens to me, he's not speaking to the villages. He's talking to his apostles. And you can get that in the context, but just the way that it's, it appears in our election, it might not be clear. Uh, I'm going to focus on our first reading and uh, tie it in with the feast day today of St. Francis, St. Francis of Assisi. St. Francis is an absolutely remarkable saint, and I've, I've said this before in other years, previous years, when we've come to his feast day on October 4th. I think, uh, it's, I, I think other people might think this as well too, but I, I definitely, it's my just a personal opinion, take it for what it's worth. I think St. Francis is one of the greatest saints ever, so that when we get to heaven, Lord willing, we're going to see him up there, like with the apostles, you know, really, really, really exalted, and, and he's 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 an amazing, amazing saint. He was like, uh, I don't know, he, the, the the analogy that I had is like he was uh, he had like a spiritual adrenaline turned on twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and it was like a snowball effect. You know, the snowball effect is like there's this exponential growth. If you get something moving and it starts to move and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but like an exponential rate, not at a, here's our mathematician in front of us, he knows what I'm talking about. I think that's how Francis' whole ministry was. And he didn't, he didn't live very, very long, but for the 20 years or so that he ministered, it was like this exponential explosion. Uh, and he was able to accomplish so much. And he, uh, you know, there was thousands and thousands of his followers by the time that he died on his deathbed. And, you know, he was so, such an inspiration and he brought about such an amazing, uh, revival and renewal in the medieval church. And he's known for, uh, his poverty and his love of, uh, nature. Okay. That's, I mean, he, he had many things about virtues, but that's kind of something that he's sort of noticeable for is his, his poverty and his love of nature. And those two, two things are very much connected. Uh, it's very important. Francis is the saint that teaches us how to relate to created reality in a proper Christian manner. That's what one of his, his sort of calling and vocation in the church is. In our first reading, we see this problem that the Israelites are dealing with, and it's a constant problem that plagued them and that plagues them all throughout the Old Testament. You read it, and that is idolatry. That is taking the created world and nature and relating to it as if it's God. Okay, that's what idolatry is. So it's an improper way of relating to created reality or relating to nature. That's what idolatry is. And it's a constant temptation. Uh, sometimes we kind of, we can't really relate to it because we take for granted how much Western civilization has been Christianized and idolatry it's kind of, it doesn't exist, it's not really super popular, although there's a little renewal, revival of it through the New Age movements in the past 50 years or so, there's been a little bit of a resurgence of idolatry, but for the most part, it's something kind of foreign to us. If we were to go to Africa, on the other hand, you would see, wow, idolatry is really alive and well um, in these other countries, but in America and in Europe, not so much. The, the thing is, what we got to understand, what Christianity brought to the world, what Judaism brought to the world, too, is a proper way of relating to creation. In fact, really, the whole idea of creation is a biblical concept. The pagan 
religions, which were the dominant religions for thousands and thousands and things, pretty much since the beginning of human history, pagan religions, they just they didn't really have the concept of creation. The concept of creation is that God brought into existence like everything that we see, the material world, has been brought into existence out of nothing by the sheer will of God. And that, that's what creation is. The pagans didn't, they didn't believe that. They believed that pretty much the material world is, is, was the highest reality. The created reality was the highest reality. There wasn't anything beyond that. And that it pretty much was eternal. It might have existed in a kind of primordial state in ages and eons ago. And, uh, and, but it was always there. Okay. Whereas what the Bible teaches us is that it had a beginning and it was brought into existence out of nothing. Okay. That's really, it's, it's a really completely new concept in the history of human thought. And uh, so we have this balance. Uh, the, the non-Christian, the non-biblical religions have this imbalance in how they relate to the world. Christianity basically says in Judaism, the biblical religion basically says, the cre- creation is not nothing, but yet it's not everything. Okay, it's a really important thing because you got some non-biblical religions who basically do make the world to be absolutely nothing. There's a lot of Eastern religions, Hinduism, certain certain forms of Hinduism, and Buddhism will basically say that the world is an illusion. Okay, and there's not there's no real reality to it. And enlightenment consists in basically sort of coming to understand that the world is is really kind of an illusion. There's no real substance or reality to it. And that's that's illumination. Okay, that's enlightenment for these Eastern religions. Uh, a very serious heresy in the early church called Gnosticism also basically did the same thing. That the world is the product of an evil of a lesser deity who was malevolent, uh, or at least not the true true uh, God. And so this lesser God created the worlds. And that the true God wants nothing to do with the world. The true God, because the world is material, and material is bad. Okay? So the true God is so spiritual, we just, you know, we transcend the material and we, and we get to the spiritual. So that's the kind of Gnostic concept. So you've got all these errors that basically say the world is nothing. That's not true. Okay? The world is good. The world was created to operate in a harmonious and beautiful fashion. And its intelligibility and its inherent beauty testify to its creator. So the world has reality to it, as do we, as creatures, as parts of the world. And it's a very good thing. Uh, yet at the same time, it's not everything. So that's the other error that the non-biblical religions would fall into, is the world is God. We worship the sun, we worship the moon. They are supreme realities. The most important things in life are these natural realities. And we, and we sacrifice to the gods so that we would, you know, have, uh, success in the natural world, in childbirth and the crop and the bringing in of the crops and our, the growth of our families and the protection of our tribes, so forth and so on. So nature is everything. Nature is nothing. No. <laughs> See, those are two errors, and, and the biblical truth that Francis knew so well was that it's not that the world is everything, it's not that the world is nothing, but the world is a beautiful thing, 
and it's something that we need to take care of and be responsible for. And uh, St. Francis would refer to different elements of the nature. He's got this famous canticle of St. Francis where he refers to the sun as brother, uh, brother, brother, son, and sister moon, and so forth and so on. What he means by that is he's recognizing that as that he is part of creation, that they are part of him, and that we are all brothers and sisters, all created reality, are it's beneath the supreme God, our Father, but yet at the same time, it's not nothing. You know, we're, we have to have respect for the created reality, and, we're, and that's why we call that, Francis is calling it brother, brother, you know, brother, son, sister, moon, so forth and so on. Um, and that kind of proper way of relating to nature, this is what, what uh, Francis uh, brings to us, one of the many gifts that he brings to us and brings to the church. I think there is a, there is a kind of a, a trend, I think, maybe within certain streams of, of, of Catholicism today. It's a little unhealthy, a little unbalanced, and it's a, a little bit of an extremism where it's kind of like, well, I would characterize it as pessimism. You know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, everything's falling apart. Everything's terrible. Society's terrible. You know, Jesus is going to come, like, tomorrow. Because if he doesn't, then, you know, we're all in trouble. We're all in trouble. And that sense that, you know, Jesus is coming tomorrow, 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 forget about the world, okay, forget about creation. It's a little, it's imprudent, because we don't know that. The Lord is very wise. He doesn't reveal to us the time of his coming. He could come 2,000 years from now. He could come 3,000 years from now. The rate of our technological advancement, you know, our technology is getting... It, it, it advances further than our own wisdom and our own moral goodness, you know, so, <laughs> which is not a good thing. So we kind of, at the rate that we're going, we could really, really do serious damage to the world and have long-term consequences for future generations. So we don't want to think short-term, you know, and this is what the church teaches about. There's a healthy environmentalism that the church is a proponent of, and you, you don't want to be uh, hasty and think just for yourself in the here and the now. We gotta think long term and take care of God's good creation. One thing that I think of is, you know, I do, I do think plastic is an issue, honestly. It really is. The, the, um, one-time use plastic, like everything is, is plastic. This thing takes thousands and thousands and thousands of years to break down. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, you go through your day, how much do you use single-use plastic when you throw it out? Stuff does not disappear. It's going to be around for thousands of years. So again, we want to think long term, and we want to be responsible for the for the good world uh, that God has given to us. And we pray uh, through the prayers of Saint Francis that he would, that God would give us that wisdom, that prudence to uh, to think long term and to not regard the world as nothing, not to regard it as God, but to regard it as a, as a brother and to to take care of it responsibly.